I think it makes people stop and think and, and really just appreciate what their day to day, which I think is a pursuit of happiness in life is, you know, just finding beauty in the little things and um, just, you know, finding beauty in the mundane. Welcome to the Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to discussion and exploration of art and the creative process. I'm the host, Aaron and for this week's episode, I had a conversation with the amazing Emily Waterstein. This is the first part of a two-part conversation. Emily Waterstein is a fine artist based in Los Angeles who uses art as a way to explore the American landscape. With a focus on the unseen and often disregarded, Emily's paintings highlight the potential beauty in the mundane and how we are all united within the places that we live. So let's start where I start with everybody, which is just tell us a bit about yourself and how you became an artist. Sure. Uh, my name is Emily Wallerstein. I am an oil painter of landscape um, and I live in Los Angeles, California. How I became an artist is very, it's like, you know, tell me all about your life. Oh, <laughs> it's very absolutely. broad, um, but I'll just start. I mean, I was always creating ever since I was a little girl. Um, I always loved to paint and draw. I think by the, and it was always kind of this independent thing that I did on my own. Um, Instead of like playing, you know, dolls or whatever, I was always drawing. Um, And, you know, about middle school, I kind of started to realize like, okay, like I might be good at this, you know, and I enjoyed it, but I was starting to like, you know, I could see that I was, you know, excelling and um so that kind of just rolled into high school I did um advanced placement art which is kind of where they give you like a concentration of an art class and you build a portfolio and then you submit it and then it's you get like a college credit for it and then you get um you know the people judge it and you get critiqued and so you know that it's kind of this advanced art um class in high school which so I did that with like five other kids um students and that was kind of like when I really started concentrating on art and I went to college at University of Cincinnati I was living in Ohio at the time and um I started in fine arts and I had they have a really good design program and Um, the fine arts is kind of separate from the design program where the design program, uh, they give you co-ops and every other quarter, the first year you do like your foundations courses. And then your second year after that, you travel every other quarter to do internships in the field. But that was only offered in the design section. So it wasn't offered in fine arts. Um, but I, and I was interested in fashion design. I didn't get into the fashion design program the first year. So I started in fine arts and I was okay with it, but I still had this like kind of inkling to switch to fashion um, for the opportunity to do these internships because that's what the program was known for. It was more competitive. And I was a little scared to really take a leap of faith to be an artist Um, I felt like with fashion design, it would be more of a path to a career where I, you know, would have a a job salary and, you know, a little bit more security. 
and I knew that I could always paint. I, you know, that was my passion. And so I, you know, was like, well, if I switch to fashion, then I'll have a career and I can always stop and paint um, whenever or paint in my free time. So I, I, I really, you know, it was this big deal. I had to make a decision and I, I chose fashion and that, you know, sent me on a whole nother path of life for a long time. Um, that was a five-year program. So I'd already been in school one year. So here I am another wow. five years. Um, but it was wonderful. I, you know, I went to New York, uh, San Francisco, Newport Beach, California, I, you know, always moving and working at different fashion companies. And out of school, I started working at Abercrombie & Fitch, um, their home office designing for them at in, it's in Columbus, Ohio. And I don't know if you're familiar, and there is a Netflix documentary that kind of shows the other side of Abercrombie, um, where, and especially at the time, now it's a little bit more evolved, but at the time it was very like, you were in this box and I understand the need to design into a box for a brand. Um, but they also wanted you to be in this box too, as a designer where they wanted to control what you wore, you know, it was implied that you needed to wear their clothes and these three types of shoes and you couldn't wear purple and you couldn't wear black. And so it was, yeah. And, you know, it was a wonderful experience in other ways where I did get to travel a lot and visit factories and that will influence me in the artwork that I create in the future. But in general, I was pretty unhappy. I felt, you know, after the first couple of years, I felt really like stuck and I wasn't living my authentic self and it was really hard to get up and go to work every day and be okay with it. So I started painting on the side. You know, I was like, I'm going to do this, start this series, and that's going to be my creative creative outlet. And that's kind of where it started. I worked on the series for 10 years on the side wow. while I was working in fashion, because you really don't have a lot of free time. It's long hours yeah. and such. So again, long story short, I started the series. And then in... Um, to 2018, I found out about the Beverly Hills Art Show, and you know, I was encouraged to apply to it, and I did, and I got in, and that was kind of the start of me showing my work. Um, and, and you know, since then, now I'm a full time artist. Um, wow. As That's of amazing. as of September of last year, 2022. So wow. I'm very. This is all kind of very new to me because you know, there's a difference of you know, showing your work and it being your passion side project to actually like trying to make it as an artist and really yeah. being new to the art world, but not necessarily, you know, young in my own personal career. I feel like I, you know, I have a lot of experiences. Um, so that's kind of the the long story short of it. <laughs> That's really amazing. And I'm actually kind of curious, like, what has been the most surprising thing about you being a full-time artist? Um, right now, I think because I haven't been painting full-time um, for a year yet, it's, you know, that um, I find it hard to kind of wait for things to, 
Like I, I, I feel like I haven't been active enough yet. I go to shows and I'm in some group shows, um, but, but I feel like that constant need to have things out there and I'm kind of holding tight waiting until I finish this new body of work. And that's kind of surprised me that I thought that, you know, it would be this, like I'd hit the ground running and then there would be this momentum and it's kind of just been this like, have to hunker down and do the work. And it's a little bit quiet for a while. Oh yeah, because I think we forget like, as an artist, you're not always gonna be creating constantly all the time, every single day and being able to produce new work every single day. It seems like it like, obviously it's much later, but it seems like it through social media in terms of like, you have to always be creating something, but actually in reality, you're focusing on a body of work. Like that's much more valuable to you as an artist and your time, creating something cohesive and something that actually means something to you, rather than creating like small little studies every day, unless those studies offer something else. So I think realistically, like that's a really good point to raise in terms of like actually just the taking the time to kind of just realize, oh, actually, I do need to just create work when I create it. And, you know, I think it's being a full-time artist is really, really hard, I think, as well. I think yeah, I didn't realize it would be so hard. You know, it was something that I always wanted to do. Yeah. And I think that, you know, my family and friends kind of thought that when I flipped the switch to do it, that it would be like, everything's wonderful. You're living your dream. And I'm yeah. like, oh, actually, there's a lot of challenges that come along with this that are different and new. And I'm learning a whole new way of life. And it, it yeah. isn't easy. And that that actually is the biggest surprise, I think, that I thought I would be like, oh, wonderful. And, and it's mm. hard to, you know, get kind of like oh man this is this is tough it's because a lot of work it's a lot of unexpected work on top of the work you already do just painting itself the painting itself painting an image itself is hard enough but it's like you have to be so much more than just that and actually could you talk a bit about like what other hats do you have to wear as an artist outside of just painting right right yeah yeah I mean a lot everything right you're your own company so you have to until you're not and you can outsource things but that requires success well I know I don't want to say success necessarily yeah. but you know it it requires money I think usually to outsource things and um income and so it it, it definitely is difficult and because then your time is divided if you can't yeah. outsource the marketing or the sales or all those things and it, it requires a lot of running around you're you know going to galleries and mm -hmm. it's so to find the balance of creating and, and you know you are you're like your salesperson your marketing person you're 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 the producer you're the content yeah. creator you're the conceptualizer and you're the laborer and all so it, it's it's really all the hats what would be the one thing you'd like to outsource if you could? Um, I think marketing and sales. Like I would like to just produce and let someone else find the mm. buyers and sell sell the work for me. Yeah, because I think a lot of artists would share that sentiment. I think if there's one thing artists don't really like doing is marketing their work because it takes so much time and effort. Yeah. And, I, you know, the, the tricky part about it, though, is then when you do outsource that, you're kind of removing that connection that yeah. the artist has to their audience. And I think that's one thing that is really special and what draws people to your work is who you are and that connection. They connect to your work, but 
you created that. So it's like they connect to you. And I think removing that personal aspect might, you know, detract from everything in general. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. I think because that's the issue. Like everyone's like, I would love to, you know, get to know about marketing, but then it wouldn't be you marketing. So it wouldn't be from your viewpoint as well. And not just right. that, like, if you, it's kind of like a lot of power to give to somebody you don't know or to yeah. outsource to somebody who could, you know, spend any kind of narrative on your work and say things that you don't, you know, that doesn't align with your values. Um, but do you actually have any advice? Well, before I ask the question, is like, I just want to say, like, I speak to a lot of artists who are both part time and full time. Yeah. So do you actually have any advice for artists who are looking, part-time artists who are looking to become full-time artists? Hmm. Um, I mean, for me, it was something I had to think about for a really long time. And um, I kind of prepared in a way for it. So I think, you know, do what you can every day in terms of like moving towards that goal because that's all you can do really like I don't you know there's not like a bullet point do this do this everyone's journey is unique and where they're coming from but I think you know just put the time in that you can and then and hopefully one day it just kind of takes over um yeah because I think what I've from what I've um heard from my different artists is that like it's not it's not the creation of the art that's a problem. It's, it's finding the time to balance everything and to make sure that, you know, they know when they're ready to take that leap. I think that's really the thing because you can take the leap at any time. Yeah. It doesn't mean that your work is going to sell. I think people either wait too long or they jump too soon. So I'm just kind of, I'm always curious about how people make that transition. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I will be honest that I got let go from my fashion job and I'd been ah. at the, so I had been at the company though, nine, nine and a half, nine oh, years. That's, yeah, that's my profession, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it was time. It was time for me to do something else to move on. And I I was scared. I was scared to take the leap. And I think, you know, having worked for them for so long, they knew that, okay. you know, and they kind of pushed me to do it. And so, you know, it, it is scary to do it. And sometimes you don't always make those decisions on your own. But then yeah. when you're kind of like, okay, I guess here I go, you know, and see where things lead. See, I think that's pretty beautiful though, because it's like you took the opportunity because yeah. had they actually not done that, had they not actually let you go, you probably never would have, at least not was, right now, yeah, right. Had, you know, become a full-time artist. But because you're but in that position where you're like, like the yeah, right time. Yeah, because yeah. when you're in a position where like, okay, we've got nothing left to lose. Like you haven't got a job. You've got the time to do what you want to do. Like let's utilize right. that time. As long as you've got, you know, the means to do it. And because right. you're already doing it as well, it's not like you had to just suddenly start. It was like, oh, okay, let's just progress. Right, you know, right. You already had the good thing about you though is that you've already done the groundwork. That was what the good thing yeah. was. So yeah. it's quite clever on your part to be like, okay, cool. I'm going to get this set this emotion now. Whether yeah. it goes somewhere or not is not the point. The point is that I'm doing something that I enjoy. Right. I think there's a lot to be said for doing jobs that you don't particularly like. And yeah. Actually, because actually, because like genuinely, as funny as that probably is to say, but like you do actually really figure out what you do like because you do that outside of your job. It's yeah. kind of interesting actually yeah i had yeah, totally it is yeah because it was it was kind of like you know like if, you, if the job doesn't necessarily make you happy but you need the job to you know provide for your family then you just have to do it and i think yeah. you know i think as creatives we are so passionate about things that we want our jobs to fulfill us so yeah. much and like all those things and i don't necessarily think that's 
always possible. And I think it's harder for creatives to kind of just be okay with it. Um, so yeah, I, I think it, I think it is, I, you know, I always was like, I hope to do this eventually and let me do this in my free time because I love it. Um, and yeah, but now it's kind of the, the pressure is different, you know, and you know, you have, I still now have deadlines and like, yeah. I think the thing is, though, like, once you become a full-time artist, like, you set the deadlines, and it's like, you yeah. like, you are the only person you answer to in the best way and worst way possible. Right, because, like, right. you know, you put all the pressure on yourself because you know what you can and what you can't achieve. But you also realise, like, if you're not doing the work, you're the one who's going to suffer. So you can't yeah. blame anybody else because nobody has right. problems your own. So yeah. it's like, it can be, I bet that can be quite tricky because, like, as you said, you have deadlines and you need to make sure you meet those deadlines. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's like, you know, I, I do show up every day and I, you know, put the time in, but I found when I was, you know, working full time and it was, you know, in office and I felt like there wasn't a lot of flexibility mm. and I have a, I have a six-year-old son and, you know, it's, it's hard to be a full-time employee and a full-time mother, you know, and yeah. um, it's just, it's, it's, and to have the flexibility to, you know, be there for your child and so now I'm like oh I, I can go to his school presentation or what easier than you know trying to get out of a meeting at work to go to it and um so that's nice but but then it still is like takes time away from you yeah. know what I need to be doing too and absolutely I have to put my foot down sometimes in fact I have quite a few artist friends who are also parents and artists and I'm going to send you their details in case you want to have a conversation about like actually how do they manage that because I think it's yeah. a really important conversation to have I don't know how much you've discussed it with other artists but I think it's super important to figure out how do you balance your family and your art because they're both so that they're, they're both completely different yeah. worlds and they right. need different things but you also right. need to be the provider for both right so um, I'm going to write some yeah. names down and I'm going to send you a list of okay. people to have a conversation with hopefully wonderful um, that's great I like yeah connecting people <laughs> that's what I do yeah and, <laughs> and the connections it does build this kind of camaraderie and like you know oh that you know this person gets it and they're going through this too and it makes you feel like you're not alone in it oh yeah absolutely I think we all forget that particularly with creatives like we're all kind of chasing the same thing which is just to create more work that's what you yeah. want to do all you want to do is make more money to create more work it's not about yeah. having a yacht it's not about having a mansion for the right. for most people right. it's about Having something that you want to say and putting it out into the world and hoping people receive it and understand it and possibly, you know, comment back. That's all it kind of really is. Like art is a communication. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so saying that, like why is art important to you? Uh I mean, you know, the biggest part for me, I think, is well, a few things, but I, I think that art is healing. Um, I find it very therapeutic to create art to share art, to view others' art. Um, and I think it builds community. I think it's a platform to have a voice in the community, which is, um, I think, important too. Um, and and I, I do think it is just this therapeutic thing that is necessary in the world. Um, yeah. yeah I think that's great, though, because I feel like not everybody feels that way about art. That's the thing. I think yeah. that's the thing that I find very, very kind of strange, I think. Maybe just because the way I look at art, the way I perceive artists is that some people can just scroll across art and just never think about it. 
Yeah. Like, oh, this is a nice painting, and that's it. Oh, they won't be kind of drawn into like, what is this saying? Right, um, right. I don't know. That's always very interesting because I always feel like there are like the general public, and then there are like crazy people. The two yeah. things are going to divide, and I don't mean that negatively, but there's a kind of like a divide yeah. in terms of how people see images and how people react to like art. And because you know, I don't know. I just think it's kind of uh, interesting, but also like, do you think that society values art? I would like to say yes. I mean, I think, you know, there are some parts that don't, but I'm, you know, hopeful and optimistic that yes. And I mean, I mean, I do find that, you know, when I wasn't a full-time artist, I didn't necessarily visit galleries and I visited museums. And now that I'm going to galleries, I'm kind of overwhelmed by how much there is to see and do. Um, and, you know, as an artist, um, I'm surprised that it's overwhelming to me. And then I think about, you know, the general public, like, you know, that, of course, then it would be even more so to them. So like how, but I like the idea of trying to draw attention to art, you know, from in the general public, you know, and like, let, let it be more accessible. Because I, I do think, you know, as far as museums are, you know, people go to museums, but a lot of the general public don't go to galleries. But I and I think it can be intimidating. But I've, you know, I've started trying to encourage like people who maybe aren't necessarily in this creative world, like, you know, go to the galleries. It's like, you know, it's free and it's so filling and it's just it's something to, you know do immerse yourself in and see new things and kind of open up your perspective on the art world yeah i completely agree i think gallery space is actually so important i think it's getting more and more important as the time goes on so i feel like we're spending so much more time online that we're forgetting that the real world exists um in many ways i think and i think mm -hmm. something like a gallery is you know it's an experience it's, it's a moment for you to to step outside of the internet and yeah. kind of be in an actual space and actually be with bodies of work because a lot of work a lot of art in my opinion looks much better in real life than it is on screen you know you have to kind of see it to understand the size and the texture and the colors and totally. just kind of like the um just the intention of it so you can understand that in real life as opposed to just on a screen because you'll just scroll past it and you'll be like oh, this is a cool image but you won't understand it right um, so i think gallery spaces are extremely important in my opinion yeah i yeah i agree and i do notice that you know it's like oh, I like this work or, oh, interesting. And, you know, I just kind of scroll past, but then I see it in person and I'm like, oh, you know, and it, it brings a whole nother depth and level to the piece. I think the thing about social media is that social media, something I've been thinking about a lot recently, actually, like within the last week, is like social media is very, and this is very premature, but social media is very fragmented. And I think that's the issue because I think mm -hmm. if you go on an artist's website, you see their bodies of work, you see how they want to present it, you understand, you know, you you read the description, you understand the bodies of work, you get to experience it in your own time. With social media, you just scroll past it and you may never see something from them again for another three months. So right. it's just like, they're just really, really random snapshots, you never see the whole thing. And yeah. I don't know, I think there's a lot to be said about artists having websites, it's something that I'm very passionate about. It sounds silly, okay. but like, <laughs> artists should have websites. And it, 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 as somebody who visits a lot of artists' websites to, to email people, especially to email people, like, it asks many people to have websites because so I'm just like you're not showing the full potential of your work in the way you want to present it. Yeah, um, 
Yes. Anyway, that's very premature. Getting off that because otherwise I'll ramble on about social media and that's <laughs> no, not the time. Um, okay. So, okay. so why is the biggest challenge of being an artist? Well, I think, you know, the isolation can be tricky, right? Um, just, you know, not necessarily. I mean, I am trying to find critique groups and go yeah. to things, but, you know, it's like a lot of the decision making is your own. And, you know, I can relay ideas off of people. And usually, though, the people that are in my, you know, intimate circle, my family and friends, they're not necessarily artists or in this fine art world that it's kind of, you know, I appreciate their perspective, but it, it's kind of hard for them to sometimes give feedback. And um, so I think that the isolation is a little tricky as you're working through bodies of work and really not being able to, you know, have get interaction with people. Um, and then, you know, as a, like I said, as a parent, um, one thing I didn't, I knew this, but I didn't quite, quite process it until I started doing it where so many of the artists receptions are on the weekends and artists oh. talk on the weekends and, you know, going, you know, I was hoping that I would have more time to, you know, be a better parent. And now I'm like, oh gosh, these weekends, I'm really, you know, kind of not required, but it, it's of my better interests to be present at these things. And then it's like, you know, I'm taking time away from spending time yeah. with my family. So, yeah. so finding that balance too, and like, you know, wanting to be places, but not always being able to, or choosing not to, so I can spend time with my family. I think the balance of also just living life, because you have to yeah. also live life as well. You're not, right, right. you being an artist is not your personality. It's not your, the only trait you have. It's like you have other interests, hobbies, other things you want to do with your life. You know, you've got plenty of other things going on, especially as, as a parent. You know, so it's like, I imagine finding that balance is quite hard because yeah. um, your time is not always your own. And I think that can yeah. be quite frustrating because yeah. the last thing you want to do is take time from one place because, you know, you you want to create. That's kind of like the only thing you want to do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I don't actually have a lot of other hobbies. <laughs> I think because okay. art was so long, for so long was my only hobby. And now it's kind of like, I love it. You know, I do. Um, and, but, but again, yeah, it's like, I, I drag my son around to these art shows and, you know, I put him on his screen so he can entertain himself for an hour while I participate. And, and I'm hoping one day he'll show more interest, but yeah. he's, he's kind of like, we made a joke and I know he, you know, wasn't honest or he was just joke, kind of joking. He was like, I don't even like art mom. And I was like, oh, you're not allowed to say that. You know? Yeah. But he's only, he's only six though. Like yeah. he'll grow into it. Yeah. But I do think yeah. though, if, if I have one um, thing to say about that, that I do think is actually absolutely really wonderful that you are taking him to art shows and that you are yeah. showing him the art world. I think that's yeah. one thing a lot of people lack in their youth. Uh, particularly yeah. growing up I think a lot of people like that so I think you know I have so much respect for you for doing that yeah and it's I I actually love seeing the way he perceives things and you know I I do say like you know I'd like you to look at the art for a little bit before you you know go off for a minute and you know it I the art that he's drawn to and then his perception of it is always so interesting and I just yeah. I love that innocence of it you know yeah. and what he notices and I mean he could be a 
critic, you know, go join a critique yeah. group himself by his observations, which is very sweet. But that's perfect because you're giving him just such an interesting perspective of the world that he wouldn't have otherwise. So, I, you know, yeah, you know, honestly, like, kind of kudos to you for that. I think that's a great thing. Yeah. And I hope it, I do hope it opens his, um, you know, mind to like, what is art? And like, you know, we see so much range of what the different types of art in these galleries. And, you know, I think a lot of people, there was, I feel like for so long when I was growing up, like that's not art or, you know, and I, you know, I don't hear that ever anymore. And, but I like that, you know, I'm not allowing that to happen to him either, yeah. where it's just like, you know, this is like a broader thing. And, you know, what is art to one person may not be art to another, but it all is actually art and you can create what you want and everything yeah. is worth it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think that that's a great, that's a great gift to give him because you give him the gift of perceiving the world um, yeah. with an open mind. And I think right. not everybody has that. So I think that's a great yeah. thing. Yeah. Thanks. So, <laughs> At what point did you feel comfortable calling yourself an artist? I mean, you know, I, I, I'm always an artist, you know, every, I mean, anyone can call themselves an artist and, you know, it is what you make of it. Um, so I still get a little uncomfortable sometimes. I'm a full-time artist. You know, there was this transition where it was like, for a little while, I was like, well, you're not working. And I'm like, no, I am working. My work now is being an artist, you know, mm -hmm. that's my new career. So, um, but for, it, it, you know, it took, takes some time even, you know, when I'm having to write down, like, you know, what is your profession? And I have to say, like, full-time artist or artist, you know, and I, I think sometimes it's not taken as seriously, mm -hmm. um, you know, just on paper unless you're really in the art world and can see like how I'm participating and the, you know, value I'm adding. But um, so I'm, I'm very, you know, open-minded about there's not this like artist, like true definition and hard stop. And you know what I'm like? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. So I'm still working on this though. <laughs> no, that's, I'm always interested because it's just like, as you said, like anyone can call themselves an artist at any time. There's no, particular definition of which at which point you then call yourself an artist it's kind of very self-imposed and as soon yeah. as you do you kind of set that ball in motion yeah and I think it's interesting you know like listening to the other artists on your podcast and you know a lot of them are further in their careers so I kept thinking like you know my story is I mean everyone's story is different and everyone's yeah. history is different but it, I do feel like since I am at the beginning there's a lot of unknowns of yeah. what will be and so it's it's kind of interesting to you know like I feel like very fresh into this world and well, I think that'll give you a great perspective though because you're not thinking about it in terms of like what you've learned you're thinking about in terms of like what you could learn and I think there's a lot right, of value right. in that because it's just like right now you are open to every opportunity yeah like, things yeah. could like there's nothing like you know what you want but it's like you're just more open-minded to everything because it's like yeah. you know in 10 years time like you'll know suddenly what's going to sell what's not going to sell what's going to work right. what's not going to work right. and you're right. you and yourself would have changed and your work would right. also have changed so yeah what I love now is that because you are at the start of your art journey it's like you know what you want you just need to find a way to get there. Yeah, yeah. 
But I also love the fact you're not in a rush to do that. I think that's actually really great as well. Um, I think that's a yeah. really great thing. I, yeah, I mean, I definitely have, you know, outlines of goals and things. And I had an um, interview, or not an interview, but I did a consultation with Christine Shoemaker. I'm not sure if oh, you're yeah. familiar with yeah. her, but, um, and she kind of was like, wow, like all these goals, it's like a lifetime of like, you know, and, and I'm kind of like thinking, you know, this is my, you know, five-year plan or something. And, yeah. and uh, my mother-in-law even too was kind of like, um, you know, take your time. This is just the beginning. So I, I, yeah. I am, I appreciate that you observe that, but I, yeah. it is kind of something that I'm also, you know, being reminded of too, that it does take time and this is oh. a journey and it's the beginning of it. So. Yeah. Cause being an artist is a lifelong career. Like we forget right. that very easily because we look at, right. you know, kids on social media becoming really famous really quickly, but art is yeah. a lifelong great you're always going to be doing art in some aspect might not be painting it might not be present but in some aspect it will always be with you i think that you can't rush good things you know it's it's great to want to create tomorrow and have you know solo shows around the world because who does not want that but that's not going to happen tomorrow you have to work for that and hard work mostly does pay off so you know or you you know as you said earlier all you have to do is kind of hunker down and work yeah hopefully the best things will come from that yeah yeah, it's like you can't show your work if you don't have it to show. So 100%. But then you know. also, on the same token, you can't create so much work that you have no time to show it. So you True. have to find that balance. Because I know a lot of artists who who create loads of work and they're amazing. Yeah. But they have nowhere to show it. Or they're creating the next series when they've just finished the series. And it's like, stop, assess, yeah. Yeah. market, move forward. In my opinion. Yeah. I should also do the same with the podcast. But, you know, it's like one of those <laughs> where it's like, you can get yes. very addicted to creating things and you're like okay what's yeah. the next thing right it's very easy to chase things but it's not yeah. easy to stop in a set i yeah. don't think so let's get into your work so for those who may not have seen it can you please describe your work uh i work on um landscapes oil painting and i find beauty in the unexpected um i am drawn to um cityscapes um industrial landscapes uh industry versus nature so often city down below with big skies above that kind of um imply a sense of a higher presence and um that counteracts the city down below and all the things going on that's you know messy and imperfect um yeah the, the, often I think they're very dreamy or, you know, they document the times um, and um, either whether in my life or times in society. Um, and, you know, I think that landscapes also provoke memories or um, kind of the impermanence of things, um, yeah. which which I think. You know, I, I don't see as many landscapes out in the world right now, um, in the art world, at least in L.A. And um, I think it's kind of this interesting perspective of not just, you know, you know, here's your street corner or, you know, it really, you know, brings thought of like, well, why is that street corner important and what is the connection it has to time and space and you know the community and also i think the interesting thing is because la is typically a 
beautiful place like for me right. from England like to me like LA is like it's kind of almost like unrealistic strange dream world of just like pure beauty and constant sun but actually mm-hmm. it can be a lot grittier than that and it can be a lot more kind of um not I guess it's dangerous but not dangerous but it can be a lot more kind of that you're showing like the underside of the city it's not about the kind of beauty and the heat and the glamour it's about oh actually this is actually just just like any other city it's a city you know there are parts of it that you know aren't as great yeah and I you know I I like drawing attention to things that are kind of unseen where you pass it every day and you don't notice it Um, but then if I you know paint it in in this you know beautiful manner with a lot of emotion I think it you know makes people stop and think um and and really just appreciate what their day-to-day which I think is you know a pursuit of happiness in life is you know just finding beauty in the little things and um so just you know finding beauty in the mundane of your everyday world um I think is important yeah I think that's really interesting I feel like that's kind of like the power that art has is that you can take something that is every day like you know people see like a fire hydrant for instance yeah Um, and because you've captured it and you've kind of frozen it in time and you've taken the time to also create that image it kind of makes people stop and look at and observe themselves and their relation to it i think art is quite powerful in that way and i think Mm -hmm. the fact that you choose landscapes are very interesting because you know you could have chose portrait for instance or you could have chose to create pictures of animals for instance yeah why is the landscape important to you specifically? I mean, I, I think it documents, you know, uh, the history of things. And um, I know that, you know, as things are built or taken down and oh, yeah, um, it goes, goes away and even just capturing moments where, um, you know, a few things that I produced during COVID or inspired by um, you know, the fires in Los Angeles, it really, um, you know, I think we all experienced it. And then, you know, we don't want to experience it again, we've moved on, but to just have, you know, a piece of art that reflects, you know, and symbolizes that time, I think is important and valuable for history in the art world. So is it important for you to create a beautiful image? Um. Sort of. I mean, you know, but I I find, you know, things maybe that aren't beautiful to others beautiful anyways. So to me, like a beautiful image, you know, might not have necessarily been a beautiful image to anyone else. But I think that, you know, the way I painted or, you know, the brush strokes and the emotion that goes into it, well, it'll always be beautiful, even if it maybe isn't. Um, And, you know, I have like a this um, group series that I have in progress of shipping containers. Mm. And again, like, you know, it, I don't think it necessarily is a beautiful image necessarily, you know, but when you, the painting, I think, and the way that I painted it and really just drawing attention to it, it, it does create some sort of beauty out of something that, you know, usually wouldn't be associated associated with beauty. But I also think about stuff like like shipping containers and stuff that are like fascinating because they're homes for something. It's like this yeah. idea like other things and people live within this space. And it's like what I love about cityscapes myself, like I love cityscapes. 
I, you yeah. know, I'm a photographer. I go around shooting the cities. Like I'm going to different cities in the, in the UK this year, every month to shoot yeah. a different city to try to, to just photograph it. Because I love the idea of documentation and things, and the idea of like you don't know who lives here, and you don't know who is around, and the idea that what you're documenting can also document other people's lives and the way that they live is so interesting to me. And I think the idea of stripping it in is like, where did that idea come from? Because like that fascinates me endlessly. Yeah, I think it started just from working in fashion. Um, and I was working in Vernon and um, California, which is, you know, just a little south of LA, but it's very industrial. And, you know, when you pass over these giant shipping container, um, shipping container parking lot things, it's yeah. like, and you pass it and it's like you don't even think about it but then yet like it was where you know the weather the sun the sky it brought my attention to it and then I started kind of like wow and especially during COVID um there was a huge shipping crisis right and there was no place to put the shipping containers and things were piling up they couldn't get them off the docks and I mean that affected me personally working in fashion and it added just another layer of stress um but but it also just brought my attention to the subject matter um so but i i do love the idea of you know like they're so like that is the way we are you know function in society how we get goods places yeah. and those you know Absolutely. it's like they go all over the world and that and it, so it's a bigger broader thing that you know everyone is affected by or uses and but they don't think about it day to day that they're so every person is associated with this shipping container lifestyle you know um but a lot of people are very removed from that you know that's fascinating it makes me think about like you're making the invisible visible because the Mm -hmm. things like like shipping containers like when i'm on a train and it goes past like the outskirts of a city and it goes like that weird in-between place where it's like you're not in the city but you're not in the countryside you're just some kind of where like some kind of weird liminal space in between where there is like that's where all the shipping's done all the freight trains run through like that's always fascinating me because it's just like these are the fringes societies that we don't see yet it has such an impact as you said on the way we live and the way we operate and the way that we get goods and it's like we don't even like there's like a whole world outside of our world that we don't even think about. It's right. really strange when you think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the fact that you're bringing that to light with like the idea of like shipping containers and just the idea of like, it goes back into your roots in fashion as well, which I actually really like. I think that's really kind of, whether that's intentional or not, I think that's pretty clever as well. Cause it's like, yeah. it kind of, your upbringing plays a huge part. And actually how has your upbringing played a part in your work? I was born in Michigan city, Indiana, which is uh, like, an hour outside of Chicago. So we would always drive to Chicago. And when we would drive, you would, on the highway, you would look over these like factories. And I I always remember it and I always loved it. Um, There was something kind of dreamy about it, but cold where, you know, the lights would be twinkling and the smoke would be coming up. And I knew that it was, you know, probably not good for the environment, but it was there and it just there. So there's something that was like familiar to me. Um, and then, you know, when I moved to Cincinnati, Ohio too, there, there's like all these factories, um, Procter and Gamble and, um, is a big factory there. There's like soap factories there. And 
So there's something kind of romantic about it in an odd way, but it also does make me feel some connection to my childhood. Um, and I think that's kind of where it started, where it was just this like thing kind of deep in me, rooted in me from my experiences growing up um, that were so subtle. And I, you know, when I was a little girl, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to grow up and paint factories. Hmm. Um, it just kind of happened. Um, so I think that, um, and then just, you know, my day-to-day experiences, um, definitely reflect what I paint. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I, 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 I didn't have a plan necessarily to paint traffic. And when I came to LA and I felt like I was always, you know, driving home in traffic, but I was getting to see these beautiful sunsets and, now that I'm, you know, I'm not in that evening commute every day, I'm like going out to try to like chase the sunset when I think it might be good. Um, but it, it, you know, it's just like, I'm always inspired by what's going on around me. And I think that will always change. So your traffic series, actually, I'm glad you said yeah. that, because I wanted to raise a point, like, it's, it's funny to me, because here in England, like, you obviously people drive all the time, but you don't have to drive. I yeah. feel like in America, you have to drive. Everything's yeah. so far apart. You have you can't not drive. So like this idea of being stuck in traffic. And somebody once said to me, like the idea of traffic is like a limbo state because you're neither inside, you're, you're neither in the outside world, but you're also within your own world inside a car. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's kind of like this really interesting middle ground between the internal and external, which is a lot of what I see within your work because even going back to like the shipping containers and factories, it's like, that leads on to bigger conversations, not just about the buildings themselves, but also about who occupies those buildings and kind of like how those buildings impact everything outside of them, but we don't think about what's inside of them. It's kind of like this whole, I mean, I don't know if it's something you've thought about, but it's all like context of the internal versus external. Is that something that you've thought about in your work? You know, a little. Um, and I, I mean, I do, you know, when we talked about, you know, I'm not painting portraits and things and with landscapes, you think like, oh, it's just, the physical, you know, the building or, you know, whatever, but, but actually these landscapes are about people and they're about community and um, how we all come together. And so with traffic for me, I always am like, think it's quite endearing how we're all on the same road together when we're in traffic, but we're all in our own little worlds, you know, living our separate lives, but then like for that one moment, we're like together, you know? Um, I think that that's kind of this beautiful thing that, you know, we're all sharing this traffic commute and we're all in that, those people that we're on the road with, we're in that moment together, even though we're all separate. And I think it just brings kind of this unity um, from, you know, a conceptual idea. So how do you choose like which vacations to paint? Uh, you know, it, it really is just what inspires me in the moment. Um, I, you know, sometimes I have a plan and sometimes I don't, but I, I think that I've, I'm learning that and the more that I think about, you know, scouting and such, such like it's, it's very hard, especially with the way that I want to capture, you know, the light just right. And I do like to capture, you know, the magic hour where it does kind of romanticize things a little bit more and help bring beauty to the everyday um but it it can't always be planned and it's sometimes just things that you stumble upon 
and um, you know, um, I, if you don't mind, I'll segue into like the LA River series. Yeah, because, go right ahead. Yeah, you know, you would think that you know, coming from Cincinnati and like painting those factory paintings, um, that the LA River it would have like dawned on me right away, and I would have been attracted to painting it. And I, I would drive over it every single day without any thought. I mean, I there's usually never any water in it except when it rains or just like a little stream. And, and um, you know, I noticed it, but I never really like really took time to think about it. And one day I was driving to work in the morning. It was like 8 a.m. on Monday, I think. And there were two people walking down the river, like you know, on the concrete and it it evoked this romanticism about it. Like they, they it seemed very intimate, even though it was very like vast. Um, and it was just, I had never noticed people walking. And I know that, you know, a lot of where people live, you know, there are encampments on the river. I have, I've found them more now that I'm like kind of aware, but, um, but it just really was like, oh my gosh. So, you know, I pulled over and I shot the image and that's kind of where that started. And like, so I just kind of let the world impress me, you know, and then I, and then I kind of go on these tangents of chasing after that original inspiration. See, that's really beautiful. And it's something I said to our mutual friend, Lori, about uh, her work, is the idea of like, it's about observation. It's like you're yeah. observing the world and then you're processing that and then you're thinking about it and then you're feeding it back into the world it's like a really interesting cycle like you're yeah. inspired by the world but then you inspire the world because you're inspired by the world it's really interesting yeah. uh-huh. and yeah. it's also interesting because it's like your perspective as an artist is different now that you're creating work because anything you see has the potential to be a series right and has right. the potential to be like something that will change the way you think about it like i spoke to an artist a couple of weeks ago called Georgia Pesquet and she woke up one day, um, went downstairs and in her living room or one of her one of the windows in her house, it was completely frosted apart from a small circle. And out of that small circle she could see. And that inspired hmm. like a whole bunch of a whole series of work for her because it was just like the way wow. that the light moved across it or the way that you couldn't see out the whole kind of window. It kind of inspired her to think about like windows and viewing and the way in which like if things are blurry, like how does that change your vision and perception? And, right, and what right. I love about talking to artists is that you get like they're inspired by the most mundane things, but like mm-hmm. there's a huge beauty in hearing people just observing the world and being like, oh, actually, you know what? I can create from this. I really yeah. love that. Like the fact that you saw the people walking down the river and you were like, this is important to document. Yeah. Like this is something yeah. I want to talk about. Like that's yeah. fascinating to me. Yeah. And I, you know, I finally, I was always very scared to go down to the river because I was usually like on my own and it just hmm. felt like, this isolated thing that anything could happen and no one would know. Um, but I, I did actually finally do it. And it it was like liberating. It was still oh. a little scary, but yeah. I was like, wow, yeah. like it's it's amazing to just be down there. It's just it's really vast and just to be able to walk down the LA River and it, it was really cool. But the great thing about that is that that's probably giving you the confidence and the and the kind of like impetus to go and explore more right right because totally. what like from my opinion like from my um own personal experiences like when you break one barrier 
you then be like okay cool so what else can i do that's gonna like push myself you know like once yeah. you go abroad by yourself it's like where else can i go next and it's kind of like yeah. you kind of don't have any boundaries or your or your boundaries are loosened you kind right. of break down the walls you surround for yourself because it's like okay what else can i do and granted yes always make sure you be safe always make right. sure that you know you tell people where you are yeah you know, that kind of thing and just you know be safe particularly in places right. without kind of you know stereotyping it but particularly in places like america or actually you know what anywhere in the world because yeah. things happen anywhere and it's something that i need to learn myself for sure but it's just like there's something really really amazing about going into a space you don't know and experiencing it because it's just like what i love about you and your work is like you're living in the world and like your work is reflecting that and i love that like because the fact you're going to take a walk down the city you know you'll take yeah. a walk down the street and it will inspire you like that's yeah. amazing because not everyone yeah. experiences that and i and honestly like you know i didn't get to travel much growing up um and so then when i was able to start traveling it i was like wow i love this so you know while my work is right now focused on la because you know i that's what i'm inspired by in the moment yeah. um i am going to extend into you know series that are focused on other cities and uh, traveling abroad and such too um because of the yeah what would be like your um like oh i love to create work in this city is there any specific city you're like oh, I'd, I'd love to go and visit uh you know it's hard because i mean i i do want to travel to like the south of france and morocco and um but but actually that's just kind of like you know, my grandmother traveled there and i have her old scrapbooks and so I you know it's like I want to experience what she experienced mm -hmm. too and I mean yes I want to experience the world but you do kind of have to pick right and you know okay. you can't do it all at once um but I you know working in fashion and going to factories across the world I I've gone to um China Hong Kong um wow. Shanghai Taiwan Taipei um, and Bangladesh, I went to Bangladesh and that's kind of where everything changed for me, where I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore, be in fashion. And like, I, it made me really open my eyes to things. So I do, I have a series of work that, you know, I will get to eventually that are based on photos that I took in the oh. car with, and most of the time it was raining, um, but from when I was in Bangladesh. And so, you know, you asked me, where do I want to go? And what cities do I want to be inspired by? And it's kind of hard because having never been there, you know, you, you just have to pick someplace and then wait for the inspiration. Um, because I don't really know what those cities are like sure. that I've been to. And, you know, I've been to Paris, to London and Paris. And, you know, I, I do, I am inspired by those two, but sometimes, you know, those vacation kind of like aspirational places aren't always as thought provoking as some place that you might not necessarily seek out. And then you go and you're like, oh, like this totally changes my perspective on life and, you know, art and whatever and what I can communicate out to the world. Yeah. But I also love the fact that you took pictures in Bangladesh and you're, you're going to use them in the future. Like that is kind of like, you were almost preparing. Like, did you take the pictures with the idea that you're going to create art from them or the images you took? Oh, uh, yeah, not necessarily. At the, I mean, I think, you know, I was already start paint working on the factory series. So I, there was kind of started starting a momentum, but I wasn't, you know, there was no projection of timeline of when 
I would be showing my work in general. So it was something that was kind of, I've, I'm always snapping photos, you know, and um, I, I wish that the iPhone would have come out earlier in my life because I do find it so valuable to just like handy to, you know, document everything quickly. And because um, I, I, you know, a lot of the travels, I don't have as many photos as I would like because I hadn't had, you know, a nice phone yet. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, I mean, it's really, it was, it's, I, I think it's very moving still. And I've been sitting with it for 10 years now. And so it, 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 I think that it will be a powerful um, work of a series when I, when I am moving on to it. So do you paint from photographs? Yes, I do. I was going to say, so what does a painting do that a photograph doesn't? Um, I, you know, I think that for me, I have a lot of texture in my paintings or, you know, contrasting texture where often I'll paint the sky very soft and then the ground with a palette knife just to add to the um, contrast between the two. Um, and I think just, you know, that artist like touching the paintbrush and then the paint and then that to the canvas I think it adds like a, another level of connection to the work um, and kind of evokes an emotion that is comes from the artist um, so I think and, and you know I, I think I don't want to devalue photo, photos because I think photos can do that too but I do think that with um, painting there is kind of this artist freedom to manipulate things and or you know just you know I'm not always planning like how things are going to come out and it just happens and I think that's kind of nice too that it's like a surprise of like oh my hand just did that you know <laughs> yeah so hopefully <laughs> for the better not for the worst yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, so trust actually, um, yeah you have as an artist yeah. you have to trust the process yeah um i want to also touch upon your california skates because i feel like that yeah. body of work is is very different it feels like a lot more warmer and a lot more relaxed you know i look at yeah. it and i'm like this is kind of what i imagine when i think of like images of america like like nicely painted images of america that's kind of what i think of um can yeah. you know, like like what kind of inspired this series and like how does it actually differ from the rest of your work sure um it's a little bit, I don't want to say heavy, but, and I didn't talk about this so much in my, um, you know, how I became an artist and things, but, um, you know, I started with the factory series and the traffic series. And then I had started seeing the blurred kind of images just as I was into the art world. And I really loved them. And I did feel like they brought this sense of peace and, um, just before I was showing at the Beverly Hills Art Show, I actually was diagnosed with breast cancer, and um, and I lost my mother too. Um, oh, and it was sorry. you know very sudden. Yeah, it was you know it was a very hard time. And you know, as I say, like art was therapeutic, and art kind of saves you. You know, in, of course, in yeah. no, absolutely. So during that time, you, you know, I needed to create. But I really couldn't create things with a lot of um, detail because, you know, I was going through radiation. So I was 
you know, I was sick. So, and luckily I didn't have to go through chemotherapy, but there was no like, you know, a lot of like tired. I was tired. I was, you know, burned, sore. Like it, it was very, you know, hard. And I had to, but I had to create, I had to do it to like keep going, you know? And so that was kind of the, inspiration and I know that they are beautiful and seem light but it it was kind of this dark time but it was a way to heal me but then I wanted the viewer to feel healed too and I wanted it to be this like healing thing and um, I'm actually one of the pieces I'm donating to the breast center at St. John's Hospital Um, because you know it was I took the inspiration image my family and I had um, decided to take my son to Legoland and I was still, you know, in treatment. And so it wasn't, you know, the, it was just kind of like, we have to do something that's like fun and normal. And we were staying at the the hotel and I, I got that image and it was, and it has like a little bit of pink in it. And it's kind of like, I love the concept of like, you don't know where the landscape, you know, the, where the sea starts and the sky begins and, you know, they all kind of just blurs together. Um, So I I like that kind of um, as a symbolism of life and, you know, that, you know, everything does kind of blur together in the end. Right. And, and then finding that like piece of light, like there was just like this, you know, slivers of pink and warm light within the clouds and just kind of, you know, finding light and, dark times but so there you know there were definitely different levels to this that 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 are kind of dreamy but I I like that they're abstract in a way and but but they are supposed to be kind of healing well I'm sorry for that I'm sorry if I've made you upset I do apologize my attention you know it's hard because it's like I I don't always want to you know talk about it necessarily because it's I it's like I can talk about it it's 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 but I feel kind of bad bringing sadness into something that's, you know, like, but it is something that very much impacted my life. And Absolutely. Kind of, and also that's what, what, you know, inspired the work. And, and right. it's, it's kind of fascinating to me that in that dark period of your time, like the work was the light and you actually created something beautiful out of that. And I, you know, a lot of respect for you, a lot of respect for you for even doing anything when you're going through that, yeah. because you know, one of those two situations is hard enough. Both the situations together is, it can, you know, it has very much ruined people's lives. So, yeah. you know, I have a lot of respect and commitment for you for the fact that, you know, you managed to get through that in one piece, to be very honest. Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't well, have been just... able to do that with one. So honestly, I have a lot of respect for that. Thank you. Yeah. I'm still trying, you know, I still oh, struggle course. with those things. And Of course, like you know. this is the, the interesting thing for me um, about doing these interviews with people is that like, a lot of people say this is like therapy and I think it's very funny because you don't know people like that's an interesting yeah. thing like right, right. I could have thought your work and be like oh you know oh I think you know Emily's like this but actually right. you could be a completely different person yeah just because your work is happy does not mean you're a happy person just because right, your work right. is dark does not mean you're a dark person like, right that's so fascinating because your work says something and yeah. you know whether or not you're comfortable to talk about it is a different thing but art always says something because art is very personal right and oh, it's yeah. like you want to be honest with people but also you know you don't necessarily want people 
to you don't want to invoke sadness necessarily yeah. in people but you know you you don't I also don't necessarily like you know hiding something or skipping yeah. over it just for you know purposes of making you know a story seem better oh, yeah, no, absolutely. you're not providing like oh this is my sub story by my work because that's not what it's about yeah. at all it's like this is yeah. the work if you want to know more you're more than welcome to ask but like yeah, you right. know and I think that's kind of the interesting thing is that like the right kind of person will ask you more. I think that's the great thing about art, in my opinion, is that like, you know, your audience when they ask you questions. I feel like yeah. one thing we don't see enough is we don't have people don't ask you questions enough as an artist. Right. People don't inquire like what, you know, why did you do this? Why are you creating this? You know, right, right. tell me about this. Like we don't, we just say good job, nice image, beautiful. Yeah. It, there's yeah. no questioning. I feel like right. there should be a challenge where like every day you're on Instagram rather than like something just ask the person a question because I'm sure yeah. they'll look that yeah I've thought about that too because I know there is all this you know I don't want to say hubbub like it's not important because I think it's important but you know storytelling in art and I and I do stress that it is important because of course it it, it just you know you know you created the art for some reason there was something other than the visual that inspired you and I think it's important to hear like from the artist's perspective and you know I'll see someone post something and and I'm guilty of it you know it takes time to eloquently like edit also like a little story about something that maybe has a lot of context Um, but I think it does kind of add another layer that is important to um, express I think community is really important and I think we don't mm-hmm. always have that nowadays but that's just yeah. my opinion you know I don't know I'm very like after I think thinking. <laughs> COVID did that to us you know too yeah. where the community kind of was broken apart but I do think you know people then went online to find the community too so so what do you think about the ever-changing landscape of the city like do you think that all the kind of reconstruction and deconstruction is progression or do you think it's a destruction of history uh, I think both um, but I think it's necessary um, you know in LA right now they're expanding the metro um, so there's a lot of construction actually near where I live and um, LACMA the um, you know modern art museum and um it, it's interesting how, you know, it is progressive, but for a long time, it's not, it's like just a lot of construction. Um, so, I, you know, and, and then, I mean, I think that just the evolution of society and landscapes, it's, you know, not everything is built to last for forever. And, um, sure. you know, I, I have this, um, the I you know I recently painted the my corner my corner so it's like a liquor store and a flower shop on the corner and I couldn't believe it but they changed the sign it like I painted it and it was like I it was I you know I had worked on it over the last like months and then it was in the gallery and sure enough the weekend of the gallery opening it was like the sign changed I'm like and, and, but I loved that I was able to document what was before um, and, you know, now it's not there, but there's something new. And, you know, I think it it's um, I think I think it's, you know, kind of both where things have to evolve and change. 
that's inevitable. Yeah, I think that's really, really fascinating because here, especially where I live, they're doing so much construction all the time. And it feels yeah. like they're just like nowhere Never doesn't seen. have roadworks. That's what it feels like. But yeah. at the same time, like I also do find like it really fascinating. As yeah. you said, like you look at the world in a certain way, you know it in a certain way. And yeah. then a year later down the line, it's completely different. You know, yeah. so it makes you kind of, it does make you realize and remember that like everything does change. I actually have an image here of Birmingham here in the UK that one of my photographer friends took. Um, and it's an image of cranes over Birmingham. And the idea I said to him when I brought it, I was like, it's the idea of change. Like, I'm not a fan of change, but I like the idea that we have to remember that change is always inevitable. And yeah. that with, you know, with our best interests or not, like change will happen. And you right. just have to sometimes just roll with it. And I think the fact that your work looks at like industrial, the industrial side of life, it kind of reminds me of that in terms of like, you know, there are things out of your control. You just yeah. don't see them. Like, I like that. And I, was that intentional? Um, it, yeah, it is. It is. I think, you know, I just, I, I like that. I, I don't love change either, but I, you know, it is inevitable. And I think it is a way for me to kind of document, but then process, like, yeah. and accept it. And I think what I find also interesting about that is, you know, I've lived in different cities. And, you know, I think when you vacation somewhere once, or you go, you know, travel abroad, and um, or visit and never been someplace before. You don't know the difference. It just is what it is. But when you revisit someplace after time and it's changed, it really, you know, puts perspective of time passing. And, mm. You know, um, like where I lived from like 13 to 18 um, was a smaller suburb in Cincinnati, Westchester, Ohio. And it was, when I moved there, it was farmland. There were the main road, Tylersville Road was just lots of, you know, big open landscape. And now it's like, there's, you know, every big brand store and restaurant you can name lines the streets. And it's just, it's amazing that that happened over, you know, a 10, 20 year span. And um, it did actually happen kind of quickly. It was like, just it felt like over five years, it totally changed. And um, so it's interesting to, you know, go back to a place that you once knew to be a certain way. And then it's so different that you almost don't even feel like it's the same place. Um, and it's just kind of an interesting way to, you know, really accept time passing. That just made me think of like there is a an architect actually. It's an architectural YouTube channel that I always watch because I'm just really interested in like the way that things are built and the way that things are constructed. Yeah. I'm gonna send it to you because I think you might enjoy it because it talks okay. a lot about like the design of cities and how that's important and how like alleyways are the most important part of the cities and stuff like that. I'm gonna send it to you. Actually. Oh. I think it's something you might enjoy okay. because you just said that cool. and it made me think of that, like in terms of like we don't think enough about how the landscape around us affects the way in which we do things. Like even just like yeah. access to work, like free in America, right. like you know, roads are created a certain way, like the highways are created a certain way, you know. And it's kind mm -hmm. of when you take a, a more of a bird's eye view from it, it's actually quite interesting how everything has been constructed for a certain purpose, you know, apart from humans apparently. So it's kind of like kind of interesting to think about. Yeah, totally. I'd love that, please. And you mentioned alleyways, because I, I, I am interested in alleyways. I haven't painted them yet, but I do love a good alleyway. <laughs> yeah, because I think alleyways are fascinating because they are, 
almost like the completely forgotten spaces of the city. Like, like nobody mm-hmm. really likes them because they're kind of they're a bit scary and a bit creepy. And you don't really want to walk down yeah. there by yourself, whether it's day right. or night. But at the same time, yeah. like, they're important because it's kind of like that's kind of the the underside to a city in terms of like all the kind of background stuff happens in alleyways. You know, like whether good or bad, it's kind of like it's kind of like the quote unquote ugly part of the city because you know you have the gleaming shop fronts, but then it's actually right. what's happening around the back where the deliveries are being brought in or where the rubbish is being thrown up. That's actually shows humanity. Like that's why it's a, that's the thing that fascinates me. That concludes the first part of my conversation with Emily Wallerstein. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitbowl at gmail.com or get in touch by social media sites such as Instagram and Twitter. The Flying Fruit Bowl podcast can be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, YouTube and Apple Music. If you like the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing or subscribing on any of those platforms to help spread the word. Also, don't forget to check out theflyingfruitbowl.co.uk for daily art inspiration. And if you're a creative, please get in touch with a chance to be featured or interviewed. We now also have a Patreon page if you'd like to support the platform further. Tiers start from £1, and more information can be found over at patreon.com forward slash theflyingfruitbowl. Additionally, if monthly donations are not your thing, we also have a PayPal for one-time donations. I'll include a link to our PayPal in the show notes. Once again, thank you very much for listening today. Until next time, folks, please stay safe.